Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Steve says a big hello. <laughs> Good job. He says he wish he could be here. You just sent me a text. I'm, I'm saying that because like, I'm not connected mentally. You just sent me a text message. Um, said he'd be there if he could. So Father, thank you for our pastor. God, we, just, we pray for our pastor right now. God, let your power be in his body right now. We, we declare a quick healing for his body, a fast restoration for his nerves. God, back on his feet, strength in his bones, strength in his back. Speak strength into that back in Jesus' name. Thank you for our pastors, God. Thank you for Kylie and Steve. Thank you for the wonderful heart they have for you and how they show us a different part of you every day, Lord. Thank you. Bless them, God. I know you already are, but we ask for more blessing on them, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'll just tell him that's done. Done. Excellent. Done. You guys can grab your seats. Thank you. I'm loving the feeling this morning because it's um, just what Lily shared. That was awesome. What Jamie shared as well is is really um, what's been God's been speaking to me a lot as well uh, with with what I've been reading about Him, and I'm I'm reading from been reading a lot from Hebrews in um, like seven, eight, nine, and ten. The chapters uh, talks a lot about hello everyone. By the way, how you doing? I feel a little bit elevated at the moment. Normally about here, I reckon. It's good, though. Um, I had all these jokes that I was ready to do. I didn't write them down. In my head, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll know. I'll know what I need to say. I've forgotten them. I just thought I'd share that with you um, because it's important to me. <laughs> I heard um, Bill Johnson, he does all these jokes at the start of his sermons. One of them he said is, being an adult is, is saying... After this week, things will settle down every week for the rest of your life. Um, who's, who's living in a season like that? Anyone else feel that? The Middletons say, yay. And the Taylors say, yay. These guys have just had weddings. Like, wow. And, and the other Taylors. I'm, I missed that. Oh, yeah, not Taylors. Oh, sorry, yeah, Tankouts. Try to join in the joke when you're clearly separated from them. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, reading about uh, Hebrews. Um, oh, God, like Paul's talking in Hebrews about the, the covenant that God has with us and the relationship that is now set up with us. So like 2,000 years ago, if you don't even realize this, Jesus died for us and set up a whole new covenant. Like what we were speaking today, you obviously realize that because you're here I know that was a joke um it was funny trust me uh and the the communion we speak about we remember God's Jesus death and his resurrection and his his um God's plan for us to live a a close and intimate relationship with him that's his desire for us isn't it we see that all through the bible it's it's the father's heart to be close to his children. And you, you are part of his children. Um, 
if you believe in Jesus, then you're, you're, it talks about like Abraham was the father of faith. So if you believe in faith of God, then you're part of the line of Abraham, uh, which is where Jesus came from as well. So it, when you read about Abraham, he, he's your forefather. I love that. I love that. We get to be in the family of God. Really good, really good. So um, in Hebrews, there is an interesting culture. Like Paul is talking to them, to these guys saying, things have changed. Uh, there's been a big change and you didn't realize it. Uh, Jesus has taken care of all your sacrifices. You don't need to do this anymore. It's, there's a new covenant. There's a new testament. There's a new relationship. Uh, and and you, you don't need to do this anymore. This is, this is how things are now. And, and it's interesting. We're, we're going into a time at the moment where things are a little bit different. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But I, I'm convinced that no matter where we are, whatever we're doing, and whatever has changed, whatever we've lost, whatever has gone past and we're now going into the future... God has already knows about it, right? God, God has already set a plan in motion because he did with Jesus for thousands of years before Jesus was even brought onto this earth. He already had a plan. He already had a plan. So he's got a plan for us right here, right now. We can get stuck in the details of it. And, and, and I know we've got to work through processes. There's, there's grieving. There's some of us who have lost loved ones. There's some of us who have lost jobs. There's some of us who have lost property. There's some of us who have lost our peace, some of us who have lost our minds. Um, uh, but through loss, I mean, God's already got a plan for healing. God's got a plan for restoring. God's got a plan for a new direction, for something for right now, for us. Um, no matter what age we are, young, little kids, medium kids, or older kids, we're all his kids. I know you wonder, when am I going to get onto Hebrews? I'll get there eventually. Don't worry about it. But these guys have, have had a change. And for them, it's a big one because the sacrifices they did and the way that the temple, it was everything. That was part of their culture. It was, a, it was a massive part of their world was how they dealt with sin, how they dealt with, with fixing their lives up and, and restoring their righteousness back to God again. But Paul's saying, it's, it's okay, things have changed. So I've been reading these like these last few chapters, well, these, the ones that I mentioned, and, and I'm like, God, what parts don't I read? Because it's, it all talks about how Jesus has done everything for us. It's all done for us. It, it's all sorted out. Don't worry about it. It's all done. It's all taken care of. Um, and as far as our righteousness, it's all about Jesus. It's, our lives is all about Jesus. But God, right at the start, he, he made it all about you. Um, yes, it's all about Jesus, but I'm trying to, it's all, he made it all about us. He made it about you. He made it about you to, that, that in where you are, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, he's made it about you. He's, he's aware of you. He wants to, to be partnered with you, whatever we're going through. You know, he's close to the brokenhearted. He, He's close to us. He wants to be close, closer than a brother. He wants to be right with us. That's why he gave us our Holy Spirit. So his Holy Spirit, um, not mine, uh, his Holy Spirit, so that so that it could be a companion for us. He could be a companion through all times. He's done it all. 
Okay, so Hebrews 10. Let's go. No, Hebrews 9. That's okay. I saw a 10 and I said it. Um, it's funny. God's word is, is really cool. And when you sit and, and start reading it, I was reading it last night. It was late and I was reminded when we were going through worship and I, I saw a picture of myself reading and I'm, part of me is going like, God, what else am I going to say? What am I not going to say? What am, like what I just said about reading verses. And, and God's... God just revealed so much to me. Can, can I encourage you? God, if you need something, go looking for it in his word. Just Jesus, show me. Show me what I need. Show me, show me. And he will. I guarantee you, you won't be let down. You won't be. If you invest five minutes in, in the Bible, you'll receive a year's worth of revelation. If, if you invest 10 minutes, you'll get 10 years worth of revelation. So I'm trying to figure out where to start because I'm... Um, Talking about the old covenant. Let's go with Hebrews 8, because I know I said 10, 9, and 8. Let's go with 8. Um, so starting at verse 6. Um, but Jesus' priestly work, I'm going to read a bit of scripture, but let's enjoy it, shall we? Let's enjoy it. Jesus' priestly work, this is from the message, far surpasses what these other priests do, since he's working from a far better place. If the first plan in the old covenant had worked out, the second one wouldn't be needed. But we know God had already planned it. God had already planned it. So heads up, the days are coming. He's talking about our days right now when I'll set up a new plan for dealing with, with Israel and Judah and us as well. I'll throw out the old plan that I set up with their ancestors when I led them out of the hand, out of out by the hand of Egypt. Out of Egypt. Okay, when I led them out of Egypt, they didn't keep their part of the bargain. That's cool because because we're always going to let down our side of the bargain. Um, when I say we, I, I mean me. You might be like me a bit too, but I know if, if I was back then, I'd be the first in line like, yes, I need something sacrificed on my behalf because I've messed up again. Um, they didn't keep their part of the bargain. Um, so I looked away and I let it go. I let it go of the old one because this new plan I'm making with Israel isn't going to be written on paper. It isn't going to be chiseled in stone. Um, this time I'm going to write out the plan in them. I carve it into the lining of their heart. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. They won't go to school and learn about me or, or read from a book called God, the Fi God in Five Easy Lessons. They'll know, they'll all get to know me firsthand, firsthand. No secondhand stuff. You get, to, you get to know God firsthand. You get it straight from him. No whispers, no Chinese whispers, no getting it wrong. You can get it straight from him. The little and the big, the small and the great, they'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate wiped clean of their sins. It's forever wiped clean. I love that. By coming up with this new plan, the new covenant between God and his people, God put the old one on the shelf and there it stays, gathering dust. It's good to look at that old covenant because it reminds us of, of how far short we were in that covenant, how much God has provided for us, but how far short. And, and, and it's so good that we have this new covenant where, where Jesus, it's like on one side God's given so much and the other side we fell short. So he, he just walked around, came over to this side and gave what needed to be given on our behalf through his son Jesus. And now, now we have just, we didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it, but we get it. So in Hebrews 9, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 11 and, and to 15, but just before that, it talks about the, the, um, the tabernacle 
and the Holy of Holies. I love reading about the Holy of Holies. It's where God's presence was in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant where they, the high priest had to go in once a year. It was part of his job to sacrifice. Um, uh, he was sacrificing a bull for himself. He had to get himself righteous and then sacrifice uh, for the community as well, for the whole of the nation. It was like a, just in case we forgot everything kind of thing and all the sins of, of, of the nation, it was a, it was a, big sacrifice over everything because there was other sacrifices that were made when you when you made sins there were sin offerings and all these things that would set you right on a personal level but then there was one on a, on a whole nation level where where he would go into God's presence this idea that in in the temple there was the priest's work in 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 the in the temple but then there was this special place where God's presence was and there was this massive curtain I love it that it was a curtain not a wall because it wasn't meant to stay there. <laughs> it was a temporary connection, disconnection between God's God's ultimate presence and His people, because there was a, there was sin there that couldn't be properly dealt with until His Son came. Um, but that was the life that those guys were living back then. That, that part of their sacrifice, they had to make atonement for their sins. There was a there was an absolution of sins every day, every year. There was, a, there was that big one, like I said, the nationwide one, um, where God's presence was. But we stand on this side of Jesus and and where his presence was in his rich, thick, heavy, like um, intimate connection, that right close with his heart. That's why the guy had to be ceremonially clean before he went in or he wouldn't be able to live. I don't think it's because God wants to kill those people. It's because you just couldn't live in that place. What? Wow. But now on this side of Jesus, God... When Jesus died, that veil was torn. That curtain was was ripped from top to bottom. And Jesus said, okay, so now, God God the Father said, okay, so now, now we get to have, here it is. This is, this is now. For the last 2,000 years, it's been us and him. We get to be his people and he gets to be our God. And there is an intimate connection between us now, intimate one. So in Hebrews 9, it says, but when Christ appeared as high priest, of all that this is the amplifier we're speaking from now, so there's going to be a few extra words of the good things to come. That is the true spiritual worship. He entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, so not that temple made with hands, not part of this material creation, for he, he went, he went once and for all into the holy place, the holy of holies, the holy of heaven, into the presence of God himself, right in the presence of God. And not through the blood of goats or calves, not through just physical things, but through the, his own blood, Jesus' blood, having obtained and secured eternal redemption, that is the salvation of all who personally believe in him as saviour. Is anybody one of those people? For if the sprinkling of ceremonially def- defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls so he's talking about the old old system. There was a system where they had to take the blood and sprinkle it over people that have been defiled with sin. If it cleansed them, it was cleansing their body. How much more? How much more will the blood of Christ, with who through the eternal Holy Spirit willingly offered Himself unblemished—that is, without moral or spiritual imperfection—as a sacrifice to God? 
to cleanse, how will he, here it is, how will he cleanse your conscience from dead works and lifeless observations and to serve, so that you can serve ever-living God? Okay, I'm getting my words mixed up, but that, that part right there, right there, how much will God's, Jesus' blood, how much more will Jesus' blood, we're, we're in a different time right now. I know we're uncomfortable because this is not our normal church. This is, this is not our normal place. But it shouldn't matter where we are. It shouldn't matter the place we gather because it didn't matter. What Paul was saying to these guys, it doesn't matter where the temple is anymore. Yes, it's part of our ceremony. It might be part of our culture and that, that's okay, but that's not where the sacrifice takes place anymore. That's not where the holy of holy is right now. That's not where our intimate place, that's not where our restoring place, that's not where our, our cleansing place is right now. It's where we are, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. The holy of holies was in one place, but now it's everywhere. Now it's everywhere and anywhere. You can grab it and say, yes, God, I'm coming into your holy of holies. We'll read that part in Hebrews in a moment. Just like the sprinkling of this blood cleansed their bodies, and it was all about their behavior and their, and their outside. It's all about cleansing things on the outside, but God wanted to do an inside work in us. He wanted to restore us completely, completely. So how much more will Jesus' blood, how much more will he cleanse our conscience from the dead works and lifeless observations, just religion or just life or just stuff that we've done or things that have been done to us and, and we're stuck in a rut and whatever. How much more will the blood of Jesus restore us? Much, much more. For this reason, he's the mediator and negotiator of a new covenant, a new testimony, just a new, new agreement. Here's a new agreement, guys. Sign just at the bottom line. Don't worry, I'm the one who's got all, God's saying now, I'm the one who's all the weight's on. It's not on you anymore. Jesus has done everything. All you need to do is say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. It's all been paid for. It's an entirely new agreement uniting God and man so that those who have been called by God may receive the fulfillment of the promise, eternal inheritance. We're now royal. Since a death has taken place as a payment which redeems them from the sins committed under the obsolete first covenant. Mm. I encourage you to read, go through and read Hebrews and ask God to, to show you Ask God to reveal some stuff to you that you haven't seen before. Open your eyes. It's what Paul was doing to these Hebrews, the people of God, trying to show them the new way. This is a new way. There's something happened. It's changed. I can feel God's changed something here. So it doesn't matter where we meet. We could be down in the riverfront, what, what, you know, what's left of it. Um, <laughs> what's a new riverfront, I suppose? It's always new. Um, but we could be anywhere. Just be careful, kids. No, <laughs> Jotham. My dad would have said that. I mean, where's Adrian? Where's Adrian? Because I was always in the water. <clears throat> it's a new and living way. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your new way. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you. Thank you for it, that at any time we can, we can stop and step into your holy place, God. That close and intimate place. Right now, we're stepping into your holy place, just you and me. You made it all about me, God, that, that I, so that I could come. You left the 99. They were safe anyway, but you left the 99 and you came looking for me, Jesus. You found me. You always knew where I was. I just opened my eyes and I said, Jesus, you're there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice.
Thank you for your sacrifice. Oh, man. So we can live a proper life now. Not stuck looking just for one place or one moment of the year where the high priest goes and atones for all of our sins. So like, oh, finally, I'm okay again. Jesus' blood paid for everything all at once, completely. How good, how good. Jesus has done everything. Where was I? Okay. We're going on a journey through this scripture because it it is so powerful. So, in Hebrews 10, verse 19, Therefore, actually, let's step back a couple of verses. Verse 18, it says, Now where there is absolutely, there is absolute forgiveness and complete cancellation of the penalty of these things, talking about our sin, there is no longer any offering to be made to atone for our sin. There's no more offering. Ever done something wrong and feel like I, I really need to do something to make it up? I mean, that's probably what we're taught as kids as well, isn't it? You've got to make it right. I do that with my kids. It's a good thing to learn because we do need to make amends with those around us. Not like, it's okay, Jesus has paid for it. I don't need to apologize anymore. Hey, God's taking care of everything. You'll be fine. I'll just pray for you. <laughs> but we, we do feel this weight of like we have to do something. Um, we have to feel bad. We have to go through... Um, ugh. We have to go through a set a range of feelings or a set ceremony of washing ourselves or a set thing of cleansing ourselves or a religious process where we have to make amends, where we have to go and find someone. Oh, I need to, um, I need to confess my sins. Although that is still good. It's, that's scriptural too, by the way. Confess your sins one to another. Um, but there's not a religious element to it anymore. We, we, it's, it's already paid for. Already paid for already paid for so we just say god god man i've messed up i i i know that i don't want to put your son back on the cross because that doesn't have to be paid for again he's already paid for it so god i receive your forgiveness there is absolute forgiveness and complete cancellation of what i've done so you don't have to you don't have to run around and and do stuff you don't have to run around and feel feel bad Although there is, repentance is a great thing. But it's a turning around. Oh God, I, I turn away from that. I don't want to do that anymore. I leave that old life. And even though in the next minute, who's ever had that thought where you go, I don't know, you might need to be a bit older like me, um, where you make a mistake and or even you've been living a mistake and you've set up a habit in your life and you go, no, I want to change. And you start that repentance process. And you go, no, I'm turning away from that. And then you have that thought, yeah, but you're going to do it again. Can I just encourage you? I don't think that's Jesus. <laughs> I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything in Scripture that talks like that. Yeah, but you'll make the mistake again. No, no, Jesus doesn't talk like that. Um, none of Scripture talks about that. In fact, that's, that sounds like a lie to me. That sounds like someone trying to prophesy a truth in my life that's going to happen. And, and I, here I am facing the other way. Do I believe that lie or, or am I going to believe the truth that Jesus has washed me clean? And, and in, that, in that, I have the ability to be able to walk a right life. 
a righteous life. Jesus has made that way for us. He's done everything. Part of the things I was thinking leading up to today was that Jesus has done everything we need. Everything has been done for us to live a godly life. Everything is done for us to live a righteous life. No matter what the situation around us, no matter what the laws may be about us, no matter what society may say we need to live or push us in certain directions, or even our friends and our peer groups may want to push us to, we have the ability to live a righteous life. It's, it's set for us. And in fact, there is a groove that you can find that will always put you back in this spot, right? Even though you think, no, no, I'm, I'm so well worn on this pattern of going this way that I can't get back. No, there is a groove. There is a place. There is, there is a, a place in the Holy Spirit where God is that he will help you through. So even though you get that thought in your mind, it may be yourself or it may be a lie from the enemy saying, you're going to make that mistake again. Ignore it, please. Please ignore it. Please say, oh, meet Jesus for a second. I'm going to keep walking this way. You take that up with Jesus. <laughs> thank you God so in chapter 10 we'll go on verse 19 therefore believers that's you since we have confidence and full freedom to enter into the holy place here we are entering into that holy place I love how he's describing this to the Hebrews because they would not have been able to go into that holy place I'll die I'm dead if I go to that holy place that is a a sacred place. I can't go there. Only, only specified, allocated people can go there. But Paul is saying, anyone can go there now. Anyone. Anyone. What a change in thinking. What a change from, from the normal set way of doing things. I love it when God reveals something new. When, when I don't have to live like that. You don't have to live stuck in a way anymore. We can have a new way. A new and living way, right? So enter into that holy place. The place where God dwells, where he lives by means of the blood of Jesus. By this new and living way, which he initiated and opened up for us through the, through the veil. Through that veil that was there, that barrier between us, he's made a way. And since we have a great and wonderful priest who rules over the house of God, let us approach God with a true and sincere heart in unqualified assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. I love that. Washed clean. Washed clean. Washed clean. And then also our bodies with washed clean with pure water, which includes our mind washed clean. Not just our conscience, not just our heart, but everything of us. Let us seize and hold tightly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy. He's made a way and is also faithful to his word faithful to his word and let us consider how we may encourage one another to love and good and to do good deeds let's encourage each other let's encourage each other the message that our pastors gave us about changing from life groups to meeting often not just once or every twice a week meeting often with others and encouraging each other let's work how can i encourage people god i'm meeting with someone today work how can i encourage them I'm going to meet with a friend from church. How can I encourage them? I'm right here at the cash register buying something. How can I encourage this person? God, how can I encourage people to love and good deeds? And not forsaking our meeting together. Because some people get in the habit of doing that. Not like COVID wouldn't do that, would it? All the rules and regulations around COVID, the control around the COVID stuff. No. 
No, let, let's not grab a hold of that and keep a hold of that anymore. Let's let it go. Boy, I'm thirsty. That's better. But encouraging, encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. Jesus has done it all. It's all been dealt with. It's all been paid for. God's blood, Jesus' blood has washed us clean. Jesus has removed the curtain. Paul's saying all these things to the Hebrews because it's, it's time to change your way of thinking. And it's time for us to change our way of thinking. It's time for us to not be stuck in a place physically, but it be open to what God has. It's time for us to not be stuck in a place spiritually, stuck in a rut of sin, but turn back to Jesus. It's time for us to turn around and face Jesus. Because he's done everything for us to do that. There's now, there's now no barrier between us and the holy place of God. No, no barrier. Have you felt like there's been a barrier at times in your life? Maybe you feel that right now. I can't go, I can't get that close to God. He doesn't want me there. Scripture tells us that for God so loved the world, God so loved you, he made it all about you, that he gave his only son. Now, who, who would do that? Who would give one of their family members as a, as a blood offering for someone else? God did. So that, that barrier has been removed. It's open now for you. So close your eyes. Let's enter into his holy place right now. Jesus, we come into that holy place through you, through your sacrifice. It's an intimate, close place with the Father's heart, where his spirit and his presence is. take a moment for our minds to adjust to that but let it sink in we are in his presence what's he saying to you ask him
his presence there is fullness of joy. God, restore our joy. You are the Prince of Peace, so restore our peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your presence. Just take some deep breaths in his presence. I know we've got time restrictions, but let's let's not. Just breathe. Just breathe. Breathe in his presence. presence is so wonderful, isn't it? I, I feel a real peace here. Okay. So let's remember this place tomorrow, all right? Tuesday. Oh, tomorrow, Monday is usually the worst for me. Anyone else? Day after, I'm like, yeah, let's just get back to normal life. What am I doing? been doing this for a while. I should know better. <laughs> Share too much, I know. But tomorrow, we get to be his children. You get to find that spot. It's not just me. You know it's not me, right? Because I don't do that good a job. That's the Holy Spirit just bringing you into his presence. That's available for you tomorrow. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.